we've been building things here that you might expect to come across based on like perspectives in Western media. So you don't envision people building like you know, next generation AI or financial service tools that are global in nature and like first mm-hmm. in the world. So, so for me, like built in Africa is about like people and the origin stories of those people and the fundamental moments that made them who they are. Welcome to the Built in Africa podcast, where we connect trailblazers of the African diaspora through the unifying language of tech. On this episode, we connect with Wiza Jalakasi, former international expansion lead at Africa's Talking, a Kenyan enterprise software company that gives developers access to teleco infrastructure with APIs. Let's get into it. Wiz's tech journey started out installing programming software with his dad, one of Malawi's first computer dealers, and evolved to co-founding a startup. Listen as he shares a little bit about his background and how he got to Africa's talking. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm from Malawi. I'm born and raised there. lived there for mm-hmm. the first 19 years of my life. And then mm-hmm. moved to Nairobi, Kenya to study, um, where um, I met my co-founder at my, for my second startup. Yeah, ran that for some time, raised a little bit of VC, but we didn't really like get anywhere with the with the company or the product. So mm-hmm. we decided to shut that down. And um, um, around the time I was leaving that company, um, the founders of Africa's Talking were found were like mentors um, for the previous company, so they had been like aware of the challenge that we've been having. Um, and yeah, basically uh, coming out of that, they just like made me a job offer um, to go mm. and like, set up the the business in Malawi. And um, yeah, I basically took it and went to go set it up in Malawi. And uh, I guess I also done a pretty okay job because then they asked me to move back to Kenya and like run international expansion for the group. Um, okay. So, you know, we went from like managing two countries to trying to essentially managed at the time that I was leaving, uh, we had like, I think 13 live countries and we had like incorporated in 20 countries all over the continent. Every so often there comes an engineer who can code, manage people and generate business. Someone who can serve as a bridge between business and tech, a code switcher, if you will. And Wizza is one of them. Listen as he shares how he did it. It starts with like, competence in both areas so like you pick a side that you want to become competent in initially i think tech is easier to get started with because it's it's easier to measure so like you know i can tell you like i write php code i write html i write a little bit of node and like you can very easily quantify the level of skill that i have like in that regard so like for me it's all like i started as a techie just like writing code doing things and then um Understanding the business requirements has just been a function of spending time with people. I find that like, you know, some of the best software developers spend all their time in front of the screen, like writing code, like they're listening to music, they're writing code. They don't want to be disturbed. They don't want to like socialize. And while that is great for building that technical muscle, um, it's very difficult to understand business requirements and to be able to like bridge the, these two worlds without a strong um, sense for just like talking to people. 
-hmm. So like I was, I started like get the technical skills, and then after that, like stop writing code and just start like talking to people and helping them design their solutions. Mm -hmm. um, once you start doing that, you find that like almost naturally, people start telling you their problems, and you, in your head, you're already seeing the code. Like, oh, and this can be solved in this way. This can be solved in this way. And then that made me very useful for like the product team in Africa talking because like I would be able to have conversations with the biggest customers, understand what their requirements are. And instead of taking them the requirements as is from a business point of view, I'll just give them technical requirements. So we need this mm -hmm. push to be increased by this, this amount because of X, Y, Z. And then that makes, um, that's that it, it felt that that made um, communication like much, much smoother because oftentimes mm -hmm. there can be a disconnect between the commercial side of a startup as well as the technical side, like the trade-offs, you know, the tech guys are trying to optimize the technology, the commercial people are trying to optimize for money and there's this never ending tension between the two. Mm -hmm. So like having that skill set really helps to um, soften up that, that little thing. And it was very useful for me because like, if I was going into a meeting with a customer, I need to be talking like commercial language. And if I'm going to a meeting with a telco, I need to be talking technical language. Yeah. Um, and like for me, that journey has been like tech first. And I got really, really deep into tech. Like, um, you know, I, I, I even formally trained um, as a software engineer in, in yeah. USIU where I studied here in Kenya. But then like my career has been on the business side of things. And mm -hmm. I found that like having that deep technical knowledge has made the business conversation so much easier because um, there's no gaps for me on the tech side. So a lot of the tech, the, the business people that I talk to, they have absolutely no visibility at all into the technology. Since 2016, like, you know, Africa's Talking like has expanded to 18 African countries and supports about 5,000 businesses, ranging from early stage startups to large organizations. Listen as Wizza shares some of the challenges he faced. Yeah, uh, for me, it was just like dealing with the fragmented um, regulatory environment um, mm -hmm. of different countries. Like it was wild. It was it was wildly different. So it means that each country you have to understand a different set of requirements like there's no scaling linearly there's no copy pasting the model that was built in kenya and taking it to uganda like each country was different the regulatory frameworks were different so um i had to have a lot of space and tolerance for these fundamental differences mm -hmm. and try to build business structures that would abstract them from the dependencies at like uh, the headquarters so all of, a lot of our engineering was based in between Lagos and Nairobi and the engineer in Nairobi doesn't know anything about like what's happening in Cote d'Ivoire doesn't speak a word of French and to um, integrate with somebody at a, at a telecoms company in, in Abidjan who only speaks French and they have an entirely different way of doing things an entirely different set of business norms so like it was like very very difficult and like um, it doesn't scale elegantly it's not like a problem you can solve with code so we had to like hire people and put in place um, operators who can um, figure out these things and manage these relationships in each country and abstract it at, at the high headquarters level. So there's mm -hmm. that. And then there's also like just actual like you know, business regulation. The requirements for setting up a business in each country are fundamentally different. Some of the countries require you to have a local shareholder and a local director. And that's it for this episode. If you haven't already, check out the full article on our website, builtinafrica.io, found in the description. 
And while you're there, subscribe to our newsletter so we may keep you up to date with the latest. But until then, keep building.